Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Who we are today, what we've gone through, cannot be in vain if your lesson can make somebody else's life easier, if it can make their mountain not so big, right? So when we wonder, who am I to write a story, who are you not? Because I know, especially as a black woman, especially on any margins, you have climbed mountains and have gone through some things that would have broken other people. Welcome to the Healed Girl Era podcast with me, Gia Peppers. In this episode, we'll explore the power that comes when we tell our own stories and own every part of who and what we are anointed to be. There's no one more perfect than blogger turned four times New York Times best-selling author and speaker, Lovey Ajayi Jones, to help us understand why all this matters. As 2024 continues, we're going deeper in challenging ourselves to show up in our fullness and to take up every ounce of our own space healed girl era the podcast starts now we're gonna open up with a word of prayer you can keep filming we'll probably use this all right (laughs) (laughs) amen 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 hallelujah um Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for allowing us all to get here safely, get us home safely as well. Thank you for the opportunity for conversation. Thank you for my sister Lovey, all that her life has given to us, all that she has been able to share with us and teach us how to do through literally living the dreams and the purpose that you placed on her life. Let this conversation be healing. Let it be beautiful. Let it be what the other person on the side of this video of this audio needs to hear to move a little bit bolder with a little bit more intention with a little bit more bravery because they heard something today that made them remember who you made them to be thank you father for this time let it be amazing anoint my words anoint lovey's words to be whatever you need them to be in this space in jesus name amen 
Come All on right. with a good word. Because you know. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> well, Why do we like this, Lord. I, amen. Because okay. he made us like that. Amen. Okay, yes. I'm going to start this episode. Here we yes. go. What's up, everybody? I'm Gia Peppers, and welcome to a new episode of Healed Girl Era, the podcast. I am in Chicago on a January day, amen. And there's only one or two people, quite literally, that could bring me to Chicago yeah. on one of the coldest days. And it's this woman right here to my left, Miss Levy Ajayi Jones. She is my sister, but she's also a four-time New York Times best-selling author, a speaker. Now she has a whole book academy. She's a coach now, and she's teaching us how to tell our stories. And today, as we get into this new year, I really wanted to talk about owning your story and there's no one that has does it, done it better than my good sis lovey so we gonna talk about that we gonna talk about healing we gonna talk about all the things but right now lovey is here Gia you are the only person who can get me out my house hello on the coldest day cause I could be my onesie hello but you call me I'm coming thank you yeah thank you so much yes. for getting out your onesie for me come on amen okay you know but I am so happy that we finally get to do this like we've known each other for years yeah and we have never had a one-on-one -on -one interview. Yes. Always like hanging, always one-on-one -on -one combos, but yeah. never had a one-on-one -on -one interview. So I'm yeah. really excited to do this. But how are you feeling today? It's one post-birthday. Okay. Huh? Capricorn season. Yes. Y'all are outside. <laughs> we hear the goats is here. <laughs> well, how are you feeling right now in this moment? I am feeling great. Why? Because I've been avoiding humans for the last 10 days. Mm. I'm actually on a so social media fast. Good for you. It wasn't even planned. It's like my birthday happened and I was at a lake house with my husband and my mentor and mm -hmm. her husband. And I was like, you know what? I feel like unplugging. Mm. So it's been 10 days since I've been on the on the world wide web of Instagram, Facebook, all of that. And that detox has really calmed my nervous system down. Wow. Like I'm feeling really calm. <clears throat> and I think it's um feeling hopeful. I'm feeling good. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is a lesson. This is a lesson. Tell me the lesson, sis, because oh. I need I need you to break that down. Listen. Your nervous system is different. Yes, like I'm calm right now. Like I don't, like I'm not on edge. Mm. I feel like I can handle more. Mm. I'm more focused. I'm more present. And when I'm on social all the time, which is all part of my are, job, yeah. I'm not. Mm. I'm like pinging between things. So I'm like, you know what? This is a reminder for myself to also take these breaks more intentionally mm. more often i love that because i think we when i think about the amount of time we actually spend one on social media Listen. two now there are several social media platforms that we should be present on the distraction alone of just posting how long it takes yeah. it takes you out of whatever you're doing and i love that you said our nervous system because i often want to like study how different people are in the in the last like decade especially yeah. because we're as human beings i don't think we're built to be this close to each other in this many energies at the same time like so yeah think about it like this i we are the first generation of people to know the names mm. of over 500 people think about it our parents they knew family members yep. friends people who they worked with and maybe a couple celebrities. And maybe a couple Denzel. celebrities, right? People they loved, who they watch on a, sh on, a, on, a, on a film or a TV show, right? We are actually on the hook of knowing our neighbors, our neighbors' neighbors, friends of friends, friends of friends of friends of friends who we've never met. We know their names when I identify them. What is our brain mm. 
doing right now because just evolutionary wise i'm just wondering like yo to go from knowing maybe 400 people that you have to identify know their birthdays or have some type of information about them yeah so now having five thousand people that you actively know and you might be on the hook for because now they're part of your network it's got to be overwhelming so i'm just like you know what um we spend a lot of time on, online. And again, I'm a social media addict, but it's so funny. After the first day, it wasn't hard. Mm. After the first day, I wasn't seeking the buttons anymore. Mm. It was like my body was like, yes, wow, this belongs right here. Just be quiet. Mm. Just be quiet. So I've, I'm kicking off this year differently in other years where I'm just hearing myself. Ooh. Not everybody's noise. Not the chaos of the world. I get back into the chaos of the world, but I'm going to show up feeling better and having recharged my battery so that I can show up. Mm, I love that. Now that you have started the new year, listening to yourself again, what's the loudest thing self has said? Self has said we need more peace. Mm. I am very much. So this year I did not have business goals. Mm. Like typically in the beginning of every year, I sit down with the lists and I put you know, a bullet point of all the things I want to do that year. And a lot of times it's about like what revenue I want to, you know, get what other goals I want to hit yeah. that are usually attached to accomplishments this year. I didn't do any of that. Wow. This year, my focus is peace, ease and rest because I think it's so counter to what I've known. Mm. I've always ran. I've always hustled. I've always just been on the grind and it's not because I've tied my worth to it. It's because I've been in survival mode. Come on, break it down. So when you always feel like, and I think that's also what comes with if you've ever been poor or um, yeah, if you've been on any margins, survival mode is feeling like you are one mistake away from falling on your face. Mm. So then what you do is you um, try to do risk mitigation by running, 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 you know, having a savings account in case you lose your job today. Because here's the other piece, when you are black, especially, you also are carrying other people with you. Yeah. Yeah. So survival mode looks like trying to prevent all the worst case scenarios. Mm. But I also realized that is anxiety. And a lot of us have that yep. undiagnosed in many ways, because that's our norm. Mm. So this year I said, you know what? What does it look like to not chase accomplishments, to chase peace instead? <laughs> Say that one more time slow for the people. What does it look like? What does it look like not to chase accomplishments, but to chase peace and joy instead? Ooh. And that's the era I'm in. That is the space that I am deeply in. It's like my whole body, my mind, my spirit is like, hey, you've been taking care of yourself. You've gotten more accomplishment that you than you ever even thought was possible. Mm. Are you chasing more or are you chasing you? Come on. Right. So I'm like, I'm chasing me right now. I'm like, am I OK? Am I doing all right? What is actually fulfilling me that is not tied to a title that is on my resume? You know what I mean? Yes. You know, what's making me wake up in the morning and thanking God and saying, you know what? I need nothing else. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Like, I'm literally like, OK. Put it down. Put it all down. Put it all down. This is the this is the shrug year. Mm, just <laughs> they ain't got nothing to do with me. Wherever like, you at right now, just go ahead and do this just right now. A, just a shrug, shrug it, it up a little bit. Cause, Cause yeah, because it's because we what 
what I think we realize is that the hamster wheel is not even once you get to where you want to go, it never feels like what you thought it would feel like. Correct. You're, you think everything is going to be amazing. You're going to have no money problems. Everybody's going to be fine. People are going to love you. And then you get there. You got to pay more in taxes. Girl. You got to pay more people. Ooh, you oh ain't God. got the money you thought you had. No, ma'am. And then people can't stand you. And you're like, well, I, I, I love y'all. I'm the same me. So I'm so glad you're making this point. Oh, here's the thing is we're chasing the accomplishment because we're chasing the feeling. We're chasing the win of whatever that win is, whatever that goal is, because we're, cha we're like, I will finally have blank, whatever mm. that blank is, right? To your point, you get there and you go, that's it? So yeah. That, there's no parade for me? I just, oh. That's it. Well, that was disappointing. I want more. Then you keep on chasing that feeling and it is addictive. It is actually addictive. The hamster wheel doesn't stop mm -hmm. until you stop it. Like you got to be the one to stop running. But that's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard because, again, especially when you're an entrepreneur or you're creative or you're self-made in a way, when your money is tied to your action, mm. you showing up somewhere you writing something, right. you thinking about something. How do you rest? Mm. How do you go, I can go to sleep and know that money will still come. Mm. And that's why I was like, okay, how do we activate then the other piece of our minds? So we, we might have the creative piece, we're working on that piece, but part of this also has to be with strategy of how do we not tie so much of our lives to our productivity? Because mm. if our money is tied to our productivity and y'all telling us to get off the hamster wheel but if i stop being productive how do i feed my family quite literally like literally. it's a privilege to be able to get off the hamster wheel correct it is a privilege to be able to say i am not doing anything today correct and our parents didn't have that privilege their parents certainly didn't have their privilege and their parents quite wasn't the it wasn't, wasn't legal it wasn't for them to legal. have that privilege if you, if you grew up in, in America. So like, and as a black person. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a privilege that we get to even think about this, which I which is why I love we that we have this space to have this yeah. conversation yeah. because I think it's still new to people to strategize how you rest. Like I love the yeah. nap ministry yeah. and- Ooh, shout out to Trisha. Right? Shout out to Thank Trisha. Thank you, for, you're doing the Lord's work Trisha for real. Trisha the bomb. Like all that she does, it was, when I first encountered her page, I was like, oh, oh, it's a ministry. Like it is work for us yeah. to now put things down to rest. Well, here's the thing though, they also realize about us that's really specific to, so I would say but the millennials, especially to start with, because we're the bridge generation. Yes. The ones who, who remember life before the internet was in everything. Yeah. But then when we started college, Facebook got big, right? So we're a very special generation. But here's the thing. As we talk about rest, as we talk about healing, we also have to have conversations about what are the opportunities that allow us to do that? Mm. I don't, you know, I think I see a lot of uh, glorification of entrepreneurship and I hate it. I hate it. I hate seeing that. And I'm always like, I need y'all to tell the truth. Yeah. I need you to tell the truth that while somebody else who has a nine to five is leaving work at work, you come in, there is no separation of church and state for you. Come on. Okay. So be honest about the sacrifices 
that it costs to build whatever this thing is that you're building mm. and the cost and whether some people can afford it or not. Come on. Cause the right? cost looks different for everybody. Come on. I mean, we just have to be more honest. And then I think about the fact that we are also carrying the traumas of mm. <laughs> our parents, their parents, their parents, parents. Can you imagine the psychic trauma on our spirits that we don't even realize we're carrying every single day? Right. So, we over here trying to heal. We trying to stay hydrated. We trying to exercise. Sometimes we trying to go keto. We trying to <laughs> trying to be cute. We trying to be cute. The single ones trying to find love. Trying oh, to keep like look, come on. The married ones trying, trying to, to stay. Make, come on. We all just the out parents here in the ones trying to raise kids in this crazy raise world. These broke best friends. <laughs> okay, everybody is in a different tussle. Mm. So I'm just like in this moment. I think it'll be good if we all kind of pause and think about what we actually need mm. i told my friends i said this year i need to make money without me showing up and that's real honesty i'm trying to make money without my presence being there okay so if i can do that i can rest more mm. so i'm having conversations that's like all right help me strategize what that's looking like mm. so because we can you can tell me to rest all day but how am i gonna pay my bills right so let's have this conversation about how I'm gonna pay my bills when I don't show up. So that's like the multiple streams of income. That's like, yes. what are, like, what does that look like for you now? Multiple streams of in income, uh, monetizing my genius, mm -hmm. okay? And I think a lot of us who are on margins, one of the things that I'm starting to realize is part of the function of oppression is it has taught us that there is no ease. Mm. It's convinced us that easy doesn't exist. So we have to constantly be uh, doing this when I'm like, yo, actually easy ha does exist. And I've seen some people's ease. So we just need to tap into that yeah. and believe it's possible for us. Mm. I love this. I love this so much. I, I, I want us to get to the power of storytelling only because I think this conversation also goes back to the importance of understanding that like, Writing your stories, telling your story could yeah. also be another stream of income. Like you done sold a lot of books Legit. and you wasn't there handing them out. True life. Huh? True life. We didn't see your TED talk. Come on. 4.3 million of us have seen that. Huh? 9.3. Is it nine now? Yes, ma'am. Isn't it crazy? Ain't that crazy? Because the views done viewed up. Look at God. <laughs> look at look at God. <laughs> well, let's go back <laughs> to, to the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. I remember when I first encountered your genius. Uh, uh, it was the Shonda Land scandal recaps. Oh yeah, man, what an era! Yo, Shout out to Shonda. What an era, yo! And, and when Twitter was Twitter, and oh, rest in peace to Twitter. Rest in peace. Okay. But <laughs> when Twitter was Twitter, you had the illest scandal recaps. Yeah. I would be screaming, laughing at all of your <laughs> recaps and I started following you on Twitter. And I was always so inspired and impressed by how you use your voice. Yeah. I felt like you would never shy away from saying all the things we wanted to say. You were never the type of person to be like, mm, I'm gonna leave this first, someone else. <laughs> now, Levy said it and she and that, she not only said it, she blogged about it. So much so that Shonda and them was like, hold up, let me talk to this, to this Lovey. But when did you know that storytelling and being your authentic self was something that you could be? Like, did you always have that permission? And if so, who gave that to you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, man, that's a good question. When I knew storytelling was something I could do, 
it was after I started doing it. Mm. It was not an intention I had set or something I had realized. So I've always written my feelings and my thoughts. So when I was little and I would get in trouble. Troublemaker. Which you know. Hello. I got in trouble for my mouth. <laughs> and after I got in trouble, if I felt like it was unfair, I would write my mother a note. Wow. Explaining how I felt and why I felt like I, she owed me an apology. She, she owed me. You. My bold self, my tiny Nigerian wow. bold self wow. was telling this Nigerian mama <laughs> that you owe me an apology. But also similarly, if I owed her an apology, I would write that in a note too. I love that. I'm, I'm sure she kept it. My mom keeps everything. So I would write that. Like, so it was like, I feel like I've always been comfortable with the written word even more than the spoken word, mm. which is funny because now I'm a speaker, but I'm like, I can write better than I can talk. Mm. So... When I started blogging in college, that was 2003. I was peer pressured to doing it. It was not something that I was like, oh, I'm going to start a web blog. My friends were like, oh, we're going to start blogging. I was like, I bet I'm, oh, I'm going to do one. And back then it was on Zanga. <laughs> Shout out to Zanga. You either were on Zanga or Live Journal. Shout out to the millennials who understand what I'm talking about. So I had, I had a Zanga blog and I was writing about my college life. Mm. Um, I think the editor of the school paper, she was the first black editor of uh, the Daily Line Eye. Wow. And she was like, you should have an advice column in the paper. So she gave me an advice column in the paper, in the back of the paper that'll come out every Wednesday. And people will stop me on campus and be like, that was good. Wow. That was good. That actually ended up becoming what awesomelylovey.com really is. So when I graduated, I started a new blog, deleted undergrad blog, awesomelylovey.com. I started that in 2006. I still have it. And I was just writing about the world. I was going to work nine to five. Mm writing by my thoughts about shenanigans, TV, whatever else is happening. And um, more and more people started finding this little corner of the internet. And I started seeing comments from people I didn't know in real life. And mm. I was like, okay then. <laughs> Won the first award for it in 2009. And I would say that the power of how pure the internet was back then in was that Blogging was not a career. Storytelling was not considered anything unless you were an, a novelist, mm -hmm. right? So because of that, I was able to write without pretense. You know, I it was like I told the truth out loud as a practice that I didn't even realize I was cultivating. So when more and more people were like, yo, your words reflect my thoughts that I couldn't put into words or I, I was too afraid to say. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And I remember, you know, I still had a job at that point. I got laid off my job. I was like, bruh, who gonna pay my bills at this point? Because I need a job. So I kept on looking for jobs. I was not like, I'm about to be a storyteller. Right, I'm about me. to be a blogger. No, ma'am. I was like, this thing don't even pay me. I I need to go get some. It's my hobby. This a hobby. Yeah. It's cute. And it's so funny. Every time I would want to delete my blog, every time, it was like, it was like God was like, no, 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 no. You're not hearing me. Let me make sure somebody else tells you. Come on. I would get a note from somebody, like out of the blue. I remember this one woman emailed me and was like, I just wanted to let you know that my mom, you know, has cancer and I'm going with her to her chemotherapy appointments and I'm reading your blog in the waiting room and that's that's kept me from crying. Oh my God. And I remember the night I got that note. I had I had really determined that I was quitting blog. I was like, I'm not doing this. I need to go send my resumes out. And I got that note and it was like, it stopped me in my tracks. Mm. So it was like me being laid off was the universe and God being like, this is what I need you to focus on. This is your purpose. Use your words to move people and, and hopefully make some, some impact. So 
yeah, once I just leaned into it and just obeyed the calling of, I, again, I didn't think it was a career. I just obeyed what compelled me. Come on. So instead of me even having a strategy about career, I was just like, I feel like writing. So I'm going to write. It was that simple. And I just kept writing and more and more people started seeing it. And I started getting these doors open for me that I didn't know existed. And a book agent who read my blog reached out to me and was like, there's a book in you and I'd love to represent you. And that is how I got my first book agent five months later, which was February 25th, March 2015, got my first book deal. And I am on, I've written four books in eight years. Mm. They have all hit the New York Times bestselling list. And I might, maybe I'll give you a highly exclusive announcement. Uh, I just got a two book deal for, to continue the series of Little Troublemaker, the cartoon series, the, the, the picture book. Congratulations, so, yes. love it. You're getting the highly exclusive <laughs> gym. Mama, mama, you all heard it here first. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's so, so amazing. Yo, it's blown my mind because I'm like, I'm actually a career author. Right. Like I, I actually get paid to write books. This is wild. The girl who back then thought she was going to be a doctor, mm. who thought blogging was a hobby, that girl would be shook. <laughs> She's like, shook Hold it. up. So you write, and it's not just notes to your mom? <laughs> to my mom. Like, it's, it's to the world? To, to the world. That's crazy. It's crazy. I love it. Okay, so there is... There is so much beauty in that story because it sounded like it all unfolded and created a path and you gave yourself the permission to follow it. There's yeah. a lot of people that we see the path. We're like, okay, that looked like, hold up, that's a bread come. Let me, let me go follow it. And then we're like, wait, 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 I'm scared. This is scary. I don't know what's happening. I can't do this. For people who are afraid to follow the path that is being formed in front of them, what would you tell them about how to show up? How to continuously show up for something that you don't know, you do not know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's frightening. Let me let me tell you right now, it is scary. And anybody who tells you not to be scared has not been audacious. Mm. It is frightening. So if you're afraid, know that it's natural to be afraid because what is big is scary. Mm. What is unknown is scary, right? Because if it was easy, would it wouldn't be something that feels like a dream. Mm. If it was easy, everybody would have done it by now, right? And your and your path is not everybody's path. Come on. So what I would say is one step at a time. Do not feel like you have to have the grand plan. I'm telling you, Gia, I did not have the grand plan. Yeah. I didn't, I was not like, if you make this move, this thing will happen next. And then that thing will happen. I promise you, I didn't have any of that. What I simply did was I obeyed what felt right today. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't about what was it three months, what I'm going to do in three months. It was like, I'm going to wake up. Yeah. I'm going to write that blog post today. Okay. I'm going to wake up. Yeah. I'm going to send that person an email. I'm going to wake up. Yes. I'm going to tweet about scandal. Right. So a lot of us are planners again, Capricorn love to plan. I'm a strategy girl. I need to know what's going to happen. So for me, it's natural to plan. Yeah. But it's the first time I released the plan. Wow. Like, I released the plan. I just said, you know what? I don't know what's about to happen. I'm just going to do what feels right. And then to make some money on the side, I was consulting, but I really was 
helping other people also tell their stories because mm. I was doing marketing for them. So if you're someone right now who you're like, I don't know the path, it feels unsure, it feels scary, that actually probably lets me know you're on the precipice of something that you're supposed to obey. Wow. When it is, when it feels like you're like, yikes, a lot of times that's because your spirit knows what's about to happen is going to change your life. Right? So then what we do, sometimes we'll self-sabotage in that moment because what's comfortable, what's familiar is easier. Come on. So then we'll sit down or we won't go to that interview or we won't send that email or we won't have that conversation because that's comfortable mm. to know what comes next is comfortable. What is frightening is when you're like, chow. It's like an Avengers Endgame. Yeah, come on, come on, cause you're speaking my language. It's like an Avengers Endgame when they were like, when they asked Doctor Strange what's yes. gonna happen next. Oh, and he said to them, "There's a lot of ways it might not go wrong. I mean, it might not go right, but there's one way that it will." And he put that one thing. And that one, that one. <laughs> but here's the thing: that one possibility, they won. Mm. Right. We think about all the ways it might go wrong, but what if it actually goes right? Mm. Like we have such imagination for all the ways things can go wrong. And I'm just like, let us use that same imagination for all the ways it can go right, for all the ways it can blow your mind, for all the ways that your wildest dreams will be like, bro, we ain't even think about that as that, a possibility. That's wow. me. Mm. I, tell, I was never I'm bold, but I was never bold enough to design the life I have right now. Mm. Ah, mm, this is so good. Because I, I think that that's one of the things I've been telling myself is if I can spiral into such crazy mm -hmm. places, mm -hmm. I sometimes I think myself into accidents. I'm like, I have thought of accidents, <laughs> plane, like when you, Same. you know, and then I'm like, well, what, what, what if I just land? Every other time I done landed safely. Every what, other time. What if I just land? Like, what if you just land? <sighs> you know what? Let, let me, so... That actually just reminded me of something that I, I think will help people. So April 2020, the world had just shut down. I thought my whole company was going to be bankrupt because mm. I'm a speaker for a living. Uh, ain't nobody speaking nowhere. So ain't I was no like, well, I'm about to be poor tomorrow. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and sell my shoes and whatever else. Freaking out. So I was like. In my house, grinding. Business development. I got to figure out what's about to happen. Meanwhile, my speaking inquiries are going up and up and up. And I'm still getting speaking inquiries. And I remember I went to a therapy session with my late therapist, who, by the way, died during the pandemic, suddenly. I said, you the one that's supposed to be helping me figure this out. What what we going, what I'm going to do? But, Ma'am, we got to touch that we, afterwards. We touch that's that. that's kind of crazy. Okay, but keep going. So I remember... She was like, so how are you doing? And I said, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm trying to figure out what's about to happen next. And, and oh, my gosh, like, I just, I don't want to sink. Like, I don't want all these things that I've worked for to just go down. How I'm going to pay the mortgage. Right. How I'm going to do the, I was just pinging and squirreling. And she was like, you're afraid you're going to sink. I was like, yeah, because, you know, in times of crisis, we either sink or swim. Mm. And I need to make sure I swim. Yeah. She looked at me and she was like, what if you just float? Mm. I said, wait, what? She was like, do you have to sink or swim? What if you just float? Wow. I said, float. I don't Tell even, me about this. I, 
the floating hut. What does that mean? She was like, what does it mean to just let go mm. and just trust that it would be okay? I said, I, don't, I have never floated. I don't even know what that means right. to do. And every time I share that with people, people go float. Right. It's like we all stop We're like float. Right. To just trust, let go of the wheel of life, of plans, of strategy, of if I do this, this other thing will happen. Just float. Mm. Because what unfolded was actually something I didn't have anything to do with. Mm. So I started getting speaking engagements, not because I was doing anything extra. They just started coming to me. Mm. So when it worked out well, it was in spite of my inaction. And I need to remember those moments. Those moments need to teach me that in my action, because you know I was still trying. I was still trying to control all of us, things. All of us, we were like, hold well, I'm back on live today to talk about 14 ways. Correct. <laughs> 14 ways you can make a book. Those were not the people who were booking me for speaking. Ex ex they were the people, they were not. So the ability to let go would have saved me a lot of effort. Mm. It would have gotten me to get a lot more sleep. Meanwhile, I was over here doing this, thinking, I had the plan. I don't have the plan. Mm. So I will say that in the moments when we honor ourselves and do our part, doing your part does not mean exhaustion mm. either. Mm. Are you showing up? Are you present? Are you being of integrity? Mm. Are you just obeying what felt compelling that day? Mm. Even that can take us far, but we think we have control. So we just have to. It's still something I'm working on. Exactly. Like I'm the same way. Like I, I will, I will say, I think the pandemic also forced me to let go. I had to be like, I ain't nothing to host. I, I'm just me in my, my, my lives. And we bless God for those. But at the end of the day, things did start picking up once people learned that the internet still can work with streaming from our homes and yeah. we had to find new ways of community. But when I finally learned to let go, like now when people ask me what's next, I'm like, whatever God has. Uh, just out here doing my thing because at the end of the day, most of the time, if it's really something that's planned ahead of time, you can't really talk about it as creatives anyway. Right. So you're just like, Look, hey, I, I, things are coming. That's all I know. But I, I love that you said that float floating is something that most of us don't even know how to comprehend. We are just like floating, girl. When you're in water, you gotta swim. Like <laughs> meanwhile, the human body was built to, to float. float. People drown when they try to fight the float. Right. Meanwhile, if we let go, your body brings you to the top of the water. Meanwhile, we're like people drown because they panic. That's what they tell you in the lifeguards and the things like that. They, they tell you if people you don't drown. go with the waves, don't go against the waves. Just float. Just float. But we, it's so hard to float. Surrendering is so much harder than trying hard. Mm. Because that's all we know is the, the try hard. That's all we've been taught is the try hard because we've been told you have to be twice as good. We've seen what it looks like to be on a glass cliff and pushed off, mm. right? We have seen the times where when we have let go, something happened that we didn't like. So then we go, <gasps> so then we forget mm. how to let go. Mm. And I think, and I'm hoping that all of us in this moment are starting to learn. We have to start letting go of small things. Mm. So then the big things you can have the practice. So that's what I'm trying to get more practice of is letting go mm. that's good letting go letting go of the control letting go of what you expect to happen or think will happen because also we have really no idea what's going to happen on the other side of any effort 
None. at the end of the day. None. And I think that that is a great space because it, it literally is kind of what you were doing in the beginning. You didn't know your things was going to be. You just like, look, I'm doing what I'm, I'm meant to do. I'm talking and I'm going to say what I got to say there. What do you think is are, are the keys or the characteristics we need to develop to be good storytellers, to tell our own story? Because I think there's a space of women who now I think with the Internet, we're all like, there's too many stories being told, honey. Let me just be quiet over here in my corner. You know, I understand that version too. But for those of us who do want to have the power to tell our story, what are the characteristics you should develop to be able to do it effectively? Oof. Tell a true story before you think you're ready. Mm. If you're waiting to be ready to tell your story, you might never tell it. Because mm. it might not feel finished or baked, or you might think, why me, mm. right? So one of the things I firmly believe is that there's a book in most people, mm. and here's why. And I, and I think more of us need to write books, not just because your story is great, because everybody does have an amazing story, but because history is written in ink. Ooh. History is written in ink. We get to read books written by people 700 years ago. Sure do. 400 years ago. We know their stories. We know what they thought about the li life. We know about their creativity mm. because their words were written in ink. Mm. In the diaspora, there's, of course, this deep tradition of oh. the griot, of the verbal, verbal storytelling, which is still powerful. But there's something that gets lost over time mm. when we're just talking. Where are we going to write it down so history can remember us? Mm. History can remember what we went through. I think about Ida B. Wells, who talked about how she never really wanted to be a writer yeah. or an author. What compelled her to write books about lynching mm. was she said, I want people 100 years from now to know what to do if this happens to them. How many ways... Have we let somebody else figure out life themselves mm. when our stories are the map for them? That's right? Good. Like who we are today, what we've gone through cannot be in vain. If your lesson can make somebody else's life easier, if it can make their mountain not so big. Right? So when we wonder who am I to write a story, who are you not? Because I know, especially as a black woman, especially on any margins, you have climbed mountains and have gone through some things that would have broken other people. Come on. Right? So I always think about it like this. If you don't want to write your book, write your book for the person who needs the lesson that you actually learned. Mm. Right? The different lessons, the struggles, the, the triumph. And so the characteristic that I think we should develop, servant leadership. Because mm. I consider telling a good story a form of service. It makes somebody feel less alone. Yeah. Like feeling less alone is in itself a gift. Even mm. if you're not giving them lessons around what you did, they get, they get to say, oh, so it's not just me mm. that went through this. So I just think about how often we feel alone. And I'm like, if our story can make somebody else feel like, wow, so I'm not crazy. 
So it's not just me. Yeah. Okay, so somebody else has done this too. Okay, bet. That's a gift. So I, I want to challenge us. I want to challenge black women especially. We have to tell our stories. We have to write these books. We have to, and you know, even if you're 30, you can write a book. Right. Because you've gone through something. Yeah. You've got, you have joy, you have lessons, you have expertise, okay? We should tell it all. We mm. should tell it all. That's, it, that, I love that, the 30 aspect of it, because I think so many of us are like, oh, well, I, gotta, I gotta get to 45, you know, before I can tell the story. Wasn't Meanwhile, Tupac like 23 when it, he died? Exactly. Who said that? Who said How much that? life did that man live? And he, he was not even 30 when he died. Mm. So when we sit here being like, I'm too young. No, you're not. I know 18 year olds who've gone through hell and back. Ooh. And now can like soar. I want to hear from them too. Mm. And then our elders, the stories they're dying with that. I'm just like, I want us to put this somewhere. I want us to put this somewhere so generations can read and know they were here. Mm. And I firmly believe you don't ever die unless nobody else is saying your name. Mm. They don't stop saying your name when your name is in the Library of Congress. Sure don't. They don't stop saying your name when it's bound and printed. So we need to be bound and printed. Mm. I love this. I love that. Bound, printed. And that's why I created the Book Academy. Yes, because I, this... Before we get to that, because we're going to get to that and then we got to get to the therapist because we only got 20 minutes left. So we're going to figure this out real quick. But I did want to say that, like, you know, one of the spaces that I always see you in is the the conferences. We're always at the same conferences a few times a year, which is cool. one of my favorite things. It is. And I've usually come in either as like a working member of the, you know, community or something like that and watching women like you and Unique and Brittany and Yay. all of, all of Jovi, Ty, Kim, all of y'all take up your space has inspired me so much for so long. And I've never been the type of person to not take up my space, but I've seen y'all take up all of your space. <laughs> like I'd be like, you be showing. You out. said, it. hold up. So you can do that and that. Like we can do this and okay, I could be her and her. And it's been so inspiring to watch. Um, and I'm still having trouble. Like I'm, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I have honest. trouble taking up my space. Mm. Even though God continuously gives me opportunities and be like, here, go sit on this stage. And I'm like, okay. But then as soon as I sit back down, I'm like, uh, -uh that was too big. That That's so scary. Big. What is wrong with you, Lord? <laughs> Why would you give that to me? So for me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Big sister, little sister, but time. Come on. How can I challenge myself to take up all of my space more? Can I tell you something? I think you just have to accept that there is no fitting in. Mm. It's scary. <laughs> Let me tell you. And, and this is coming from somebody. Let me tell you something right now. Look. I realized a long time ago that I cannot fit in. Mm. Everything about me stands out. Ooh. My face is not forgettable. You meet me at a conference with 700 people, you will remember you saw the girl with the big cheekbones and the fire shoes. Because <laughs> my shoe game going to be sick every time, every time, every time. Because I'd be like, look, if you don't like me, you're still not going to say I'm not flat. <laughs> hello, hello. Because the suit usually going to be suiting as well. It's, it will be suiting. I realize if you can't fit in, then use it for your good and the greater good of the world. Ooh. And my friends are people who can't fit in, exclamation point. People who 
for whatever reason, whatever anointing, even when we are quiet in a room, our silence is loud. When you try not to be the center of attention, when you try to come in quietly and the room turns to you, right? Yep. And you're like, say about me, y'all focus over there. Meanwhile, they're like, so what's up? <laughs> I have been in those rooms where I'm like, y'all, I'm not even speaking. They're like, so when, what time is your class? And I'm like, girl, I'm not teaching the class. I'm not speaking. They're like, for real? And I'm like, I'm just attending. And they'd be like, nah. And I realized it really early on that it was a gift that I actually had to just learn to embrace. Mm. That one, I don't have to try hard to be seen. Ooh, That's a gift. That's a gift. Like I need, for, for those of you who cannot fit in, I need you to understand it is a gift when you don't have to try hard to be seen. Mm. When the gravitational force of the room fo like focuses on you and you go, so then what happens when that happens? You do or say something valuable. Mm. You leave the room better than you found it. Mm. You have one important conversation or just have one interesting conversation, mm. right? You make sure somebody else gets the mic, right? Mm. You, you use that power for something that feels greater than you. Mm. So if I'm in the room and everyone's noticing me, I'm about to introduce them to who I'm standing next to. Mm. And you know I'm good for that. She, she do it. She does it all the time. I'll be like, do you, have you met? <laughs> do you know how amazing this I'm person is? I'm going to start a group chat. And Correct. I'll put us on email tomorrow, amen. And she will do it literally the day after. I ain't never seen That's nothing like it, y'all. I ain't never seen it. Listen, we must do it. So yeah. I realized, I said, you know what? All right. If y'all going to notice me, I'm going to make you notice somebody else. Mm. I'm going to make sure you walk away with the mentor. I'm going to make sure you get the answer you need. So then it becomes less about me. So then, okay, I realize I don't fit in because then I can be a vessel for somebody else's blessing. Mm. So if I'm going to be in the room and you're going to notice me, I bet. Have you met Gia? Mm. One of the most brilliant people I know who will hold down your room and they go, what? Talk to Gia. <laughs> that's the plug. Thank you. Thank and like, and that's how we can then use that in a way that feels less selfish. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, there is no hiding. You cannot hide the anointing on your head. Oof. I've been sitting in rooms political rooms and somebody has walked up to me and said to me your grandmother's anointings on your head somebody i do not know who has never met me that man don't i do not remember that man's name he said your grandmother's, your grandmother's anointings on your head i am at the it was at the dnc the night hillary got nominated the way i would have been crying listen i'm trying to keep it together in this thing and i'm over here like hillary about to get nominated here you go tell me wow so that's what i'm saying is let us not shrink from the assignment <laughs> let us Amen. not shrink from the assignment from the greatness that God has for us from the purpose that he has that feels bigger than us it is going to be scary it is constantly scary I'm constantly like I just want to be a librarian in Ohio <laughs> um is there a library open a uh, position for me listen because that I, I'd be good I'm I can do it I can do it I can do it I don't need the spotlight it, it scares me all the time all visibility the time. scares me I don't like it this was never a, a motivation factor. This was not, never the goal. But I was like, I realized I cannot shrink from the assignment. Mm. So if my name will be known, if my face will be known, what am I doing in service of other people, right? In what ways can I say somebody else's life was easier because I was here? Mm. Somebody else's journey does not have to be as hard because I already went through the rocky road and I built a, a cleaner path for you so you can walk behind me and not have to fight off monsters and demons, right? So that's why I'm like, all right, if this is the assignment, all right, God, let's go ahead and protect me in the moment, order my steps, and 
get me wiser mm. so that I can use my power better and better every every day, every year. Mm. Okay, I took all that and I'm going to rewatch that segment because that was for me, but y'all got it too. But that's so good. And I think that's the power of owning your space, owning who you are, is that when you own your space, it gives other people, like Toni Morrison says, the permission to do the same. Like when permission. you own you, who you are and what you're called to do, other people are like, oh, I have a calling. Let me go see what that's what about. Be? Mm. And you know what? The other thing I noticed this in the last year is that like attracts like in real ways. Mm. So all my closest friends are these people. They sure are. We literally, I was like, I realized all my, all my closest friends are the generational curse breakers in their families. We're all, and it was like, we found each other because God just knew we just had to help each other through these moments mm. like this. Yeah. Where we want to shrink and be like, girl, I don't want to do that. It's too big. And they go, ma'am, who? No, you're doing that. Right? That's scary. Good. 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 D call me back when you say yes. Thank you. <laughs> right? Yes. So also just like really find people who can loan you the power in the moment when you do want to shrink. Mm. Right? Or, or the friends who you know will be like, girl, if you don't get off my phone, go write this talk. Like unique. Did for my TED talk. Unique. Unique. Love, love you. <laughs> yeah. Just find people. So like Gia knows I, I corner her at an event like. Yeah. Yeah. We would not let her sit in the corner. We're no. going to be like, come on in here. She's sitting at the front. At the Thank front. you. We're like, we already saved your seat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we saved your seat right here. She's like, y'all, come sit right here, girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, the program just started. We over here like, hey, girl. <laughs> just ain't got no cool. We, no, this no cool. It was all right. We it's still, right. We, we still good. Now, okay. So we, I want to get to the, what is it like to lose your therapist? Ooh. Because so many <laughs> of us are very in need of those weekly or bi-weekly calls. You telling me the woman who helps you heal was no is no longer with us. Girl. What happened? My therapist of four years. It was January 2021. And I, my, um, my husband's best friend at that point lived two floors above us. Wow. We were basically living single. In real life. I love that. <laughs> Living married. <laughs> and he comes downstairs and he's like, hey, Dr. Patterson died. I said, what? And it was like 12 o'clock. And I still had a day that lasted till 8 o'clock. That day I had to do something with Melinda Gates. I had oh a speaking engagement with Melinda Gates at 8 p.m. And I was like, it was like my brain was like, we cannot compute. So I like put it in a box in my chest. I compartmentalized in a way I didn't even know I had the ability to. Because I was like, this is too big for me to even touch right now. I need to create a space to be able to, because this right here, I was, so I basically acted like I didn't hear about it uh -huh. for nine hours. I was like, throughout the day, I was busy. That day I was, I was interviewing um, Gabby Sidibe for mm. my podcast. Mm. Mm. That's it. It was like too much to do. Too much. I said, I can't even touch this. Mm. At 8.01, once I finished my last speaking engagement that night, I crumbled. Because what happens when the person who's supposed to help you figure out life dies? They never tell you about that. So what I did, I wrote. Mm. And I was like, and I thought about the conversation her and I would have if she was alive mm. about her death. Wow. And I wrote out the dialogue because I was like, I was like, I can picture her being like, so how are you feeling? And I'd be like, I'm all right. And she's like, are you? well no I don't know how to process this and she's like I hear that 
Are you going to sit with it? Or are you going to run past it? Mm. I was like, man, that's the, that is the sign of an amazing therapist where I use her own words that she hadn't even given it to me to process her own death. Wow. And in writing about it, and I wrote, so what was, what was interesting about the timing of her death also, my second book, Professional Troublemaker, was coming out two months later. Whoa. She's quoted all up through it and is in my acknowledgments. Sure is. And at our next session, which was supposed to be the day after I found out that she died, I was going to show her a copy of the book to say, you're in my book. Because so many of the lessons that I learned in the four and a half years of therapy with her are in that book. Like that book is what it is because of how Dr. Patterson has allowed me to break open who I am. So I, she is in my acknowledgments. She is quoted in multiple chapters. So I decided to write about her, her dying. And I said, my therapist died and I don't know how to process it. And I just wrote about it and I didn't put her full name because I was like, I didn't want to be the one breaking this. I just said, Dr. P. Mm -hmm. When I tell you, I got messages on messages on messages from people who were like, wait, that was my therapist. Mm therapists were reaching out to me being like, I had never thought about what would happen if I passed yes. my patients. I don't even have a contingency plan. So now I'm going to create one. Wow. Her brother commented on my blog post and was like, seeing a reflection of my sister. I didn't even know she had a brother. Wow. She, he was like, I'm so thankful for this reflection by my sister. It was wild mm. because it was such a moment that so many of us had never thought was even a thing. Right. And I found out after the fact that literally therapist networks were passing my post around and created a contingency plan because they had never thought about what happened if they passed, what happened to your clients. So I've had therapists still reach out to me recently to be like, that changed the way I do my practice. That's crazy, lovey. Like I had somebody even reach out to me who said, I thought my therapist ghosted me. And then I saw your blog post. That's how I found out she died. Gia, when I tell you, they were like, I was healing from being ghosted from my therapist, but then I saw your blog post, and that's how I realized my therapist actually died. She didn't ghost me. Girl, I cannot. I was like, yo, again. And what if I never wrote about her? That's crazy. What if I never wrote about her? What if I was just like, nah, it's cool. What if I was like, let me not talk about this it's too big or it's too deep. I know for a fact people read that post and were like, <sighs> she also changed my life. Mm. So people who were her clients didn't feel alone. Mm. People who were her, one of my pro fights was one of her mentees. I'm finding out from people who were like, she trained me. Wow. <sighs> you had no idea. No clue. I was like, Dr. Patterson was holding the world together. Wow. Because after she died, a whole bunch of things happened. I was like, she was actually holding the world together, like mm. for real. Yeah. Mm. That's great. And so in the legacy of the, the healing that she gave you, yes. what is the biggest takeaway from Ooh. her life and y'all's time together that you consistently go back to today? Sink, swim, or float. That's the one. One of those. And then a second, <laughs> the second one is one day I remember going into a session and I was stressed out. I was in there like going off and she looks at me and she used to be, she was this calm, like mom, auntie spirit <laughs> who just made everything feel 
figure outable. Mm. Like you would come in there with these giant problems, and by the time the session was done, you'd be like, oh, okay, it wasn't that big. Okay, all right. And I remember she looked at me after I was all like, ah, and then this is happening, and this is. She goes, I want you to spend less time on the internet. Ah, <laughs> read me, drag me, wow. get me together. I said, oh, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you just, and now that's what you're doing. Dr. Patton, I finally listened to you. Um, be proud. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Come tell me about my dream tonight. That's you proud. You be proud, girl. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Did yeah. you ever get another therapist? Yes. So you have a new therapist. Yes. Listen. You don't play with therapy. I'm not playing about it. Yeah. Listen, the healed girl era Hello. requires therapy. Yeah. You know, like, I had to figure out whether I'd even heal from Dr. Patterson's death. But I was like, I can't sit by myself trying to figure it out no. now that ain't even that ain't gonna work out well and um but the fact that i had gone with her for a long time i realized there's not replacing her there is no other her but it is like now somebody else to step in and allow me to continue my healing journey mm. but my first therapist dr yvonne patterson was one of the best people I've ever known. I didn't even really know her. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it How crazy? our therapists know so much about us. We know nothing we about tell, them. We couldn't tell you nothing but their name. Don't know nothing but their name. And she would, I would ask her questions. She would co completely send it right back Hello? to me. Hello? I was like, this is sleep? not about. This ain't about They don't me. play. They and do not play about it. Which I, which I, what is what I love about my, our therapists is that yeah. when they really are on it, they ain't trying to, this is not a convo. This is, <laughs> We're trying to help each other. You try, no, we're not trying to help each other. We're trying to help you, you. get it together. Yeah. So for anybody that uh, there's a lot of young women who've watched the show that are yeah. like, I don't even know where to start to get a therapist. Yeah. How did you go about finding a new therapist in the, in this day and age? What was the the most effective way for you? Two places: psychologytoday.com. I love psychology today. and therapyforblackgirls.com. Mm -hmm. So on psychology today, you can sort by type of therapist you want. Mm -hmm. So if you want a black woman. I feel you, okay? <laughs> feel you. You can put in there that you want a black woman. Now, my only rule for myself is I don't want a therapist that's the same generation as me. Ah. I don't need a millennial therapist. Love the millennials. Love us dead. I need an auntie spirit. <laughs> I need to. I need therapy to be auntie telling me to get my life together. But if I'm talking, Gia, you can't be my therapist. Mm -mm. I'd be like, we be in there kicking. <laughs> I cannot be taken seriously. Like, I'd be I can't there like, you girl. said that. <laughs> You really said that to you. Oh. And what you say? What you say? I can't. I can't. No. I was like, I cannot. I'll be in there cutting up right, for real. Right. So I'm Nigerian, and for us, elders are somebody that we need to respect. So mm -hmm. like, I come in therapy with a different type of deference mm -hmm. too, right? I can't be talking to my peer like that. I'd be like, girl. So let me tell you what yeah, happened. Right. I want to fight her. Yeah. Me yeah. Like, and you're like, and then, but the, but when you come into your therapy session, and I think that's the same, for like African-American communities do. We all know like when auntie comes, certain households. Certain households. Hello. Uh, but for most of us, when auntie comes in the room, it's auntie. It's, even if that's literally not your auntie. Correct. That's auntie. That's auntie. That's missus. Like, we're not going to do that. So we're I love that you, that. that you have that, that identifier. Okay. So in these last few moments, I want you to talk about the book Academy because yes. I know it's going to be a lot of people watching like, well, maybe I can finally tell my story. Yes. What is the Book Academy and why are you so um, passionate about everyone telling their story? Here's the thing. Book publishing is white. Yeah. As a lot of industries are. 
and back to the, the whole idea of history being in ink, the fact that the industry is so white means history's default is white. So white people get to tell their stories, get mm. to tell us what history looks like, gets to get their story like out there. Mm. One of the things that has happened in the last eight years of me being a published author is me being able to, I am too much of the exception to the rule. Mm. Being a four time New York Times bestselling author, like hitting the times list four times, hitting it one time is hard. Right. Doing it four times is wild. Yeah. I have figured out how books become successful, impactful, and how you can really allow books to change your life. And for me, I want to pass on what I know. I want to make sure more of us have the opportunity because 74% of books that were published in a traditional publishing house were by white people. Wow, that is such a huge seventy four percent. So the rest of us make up the twenty six percent. And right, that's not even black people. That's just other, other everybody, right? So for me, it's really important. It feels like an assignment. Talking about honor and assignment. Why did I get to do this four times? Mm -hmm. Why do I continue to write books besides telling my own story? I'm a possibility model for other people who look like me, mm. and I was I did not have a giant platform when I hit the times just the first time. Mm. So my whole thing also is there's more than one way for books to come out. Mm. You don't always have to get a book deal. You can self-publish because here's the thing is if you wait for the powers that be to give you permission to tell your story, what if they don't think your story is worthwhile mm. just because they don't look like you? Mm. Your story is no less valuable because the person on the other side of the table doesn't find it interesting. So that does not mean we don't tell our stories. So that's why I created the Book Academy. Mm. It's to teach people how to tell their stories, pick a publishing path that will, that will work for them, and then market it so people actually buy it. Because do you know that less than 5% less than of books sell more than 5,000 copies? Whoa. Less than 5% of books? Yes. Sell more than 5,000 copies. And my books have sold over 200,000. That's amazing. Lovely. So I want to teach that to us, especially mm -hmm. anybody on the margins. And, you know, just so we know that it's possible. Mm -hmm. You can be a self-published author. There's nothing wrong with that. There's actually a great path. I actually think most people should self-publish. Yeah. You can traditionally publish. You can write your story about business. It can be a memoir. But whatever it is, it should be told. So I am taking away the mystery of publishing mm -hmm. So the Book Academy is a platform and a course that I've created to help people do do it. So I love that. I'm and excited. they say writing is a form of therapy, especially when you're writing your own story, yeah. like going back over your life, oh seeing God. all the things. Like, what was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself for after the first book? I'm judging you. The Do Better Manual hit yeah. the shelves. Ooh, what did I learn about myself and your life journey, man? I actually think that book cemented my, my life's mantra for me, mm. which is to leave this world better than I found it when I'm no longer here. Mm. That is really my big goal. Why I exist is that when I am no longer here, I am missed because mm. I left it better than I found it. And yeah, you're right. Writing books is a form of therapy. Every time I write my books, I'm dragging myself. Yeah. <laughs> I be in there dragging myself like, girl, 
get it together. Get it together. Get it together. Mm-hmm. And it's a great exercise. Mm. In in it's almost like a manifesto. So I think about it like this too. And and I'll, for people who want to write books who might be watching this, if you're like you know I have many ideas, I don't know which one to pick, or I don't have an idea. I just know I want to write a book. A question that you should ask yourself is who are you writing your book for? Because mm. it's only for one person. We all write our books for one person. The best books are written for one person only. Everybody else just has the privilege of reading it. And that person that you are writing your book for is typically a past version of yourself. Mm. So if you're wondering what book you need to write, write the book that you needed five years ago. Like that if you had that book as you were going through whatever that struggle was, whatever that mountain that was in front of you was, this book would have been the manual for you. What is that book? That's the book you should write. So if you're interested, thebookacademy.com. Yes, honey. Come into it. You will walk away with so much clarity and you will have what the next steps need to be for you to become a published author. That is my promise. I don't really promise a lot. I under promise and over deliver. So if you want to be a part of the book Academy because you want to write your book, Come to thebookacademy.com, sign up for the wait list. My next cohort starts in the next two days. I love that. I think I'm on that list. 170 think, people. Yeah, I think, I think I'm on this one. I think I'm 169. Let's go, Gia. But I'm going to say, I'm up. I'm signing into my class. Okay, so the last question that I have, because I really, really love that we've talked so much about writing and the power of telling your story and all of this is words, right? Yeah. And the words we say are sacred. The words that we say to ourselves about ourselves are sacred. And the space between who we are and who we want to become mm. is very sacred. Mm-hmm. So what words did you say to lovey who didn't know all of this was going to happen for her to become the lovey that you are today? Hmm. Ooh, that's good. What words did I say to her? I could probably find it in a blog post. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's probably in a blog. It's probably in awesomely a blog lovely. post somewhere. Com. Awesomelylovey.com. <laughs> um, what words did I say? Do it anyway. Mm. Because I was constantly unsure about a move I was going to make or whether something mattered. But I would just be like, I'm just going to do it anyway. And see what happens, right? And then all these magical things started happening. And I'm like, oh, that worked. All right, let me try something else. Oh, well, oh, that that went well too. Okay. So yeah, do it anyway is probably one of the things I said to myself. That's good. Do yeah. it anyway, y'all. Do it anyway. Well, ma'am, I'm so happy that you came here today. I'm going to uh, walk off screen real quick because I got to get, give you your flowers, ma'am, because. Actual flowers. <laughs> actual flowers. We don't Hello, play. Flowers. We don't play here. Oh. Don't cut this out let me know if I'm back in screen. But these are for you, my friend. I love flowers. Thank you so oh. much for being here. Oh, these are so beautiful. Thank you so much for literally being the blueprint for so many of us on how to just keep showing up and how to just keep doing it. And you still doing it so well and so authentically. And I know I don't just speak for myself when I say this, but you literally are teaching us how to show up stronger and better and tell our stories, no matter how small, whether it's a blog post or a tweet or a, 
or an X or a, <laughs> or an Instagram post or a TikTok or whatever. Those little ways that you show up reminds us all that we can show up, that we have permission. So I just thank you for the macro ways, but the micro ways that you even show up for me. Like, just thank you. I love you so much. And Listen. I am so grateful you exist. So thank Listen, you for being I, here. I am thankful for you, for your sisterhood. Yes. You know, like this is little sis right here. You know what I mean? We'd be like, gee, if you need anything, call us. Yes. Um, you know, I've just, I'm a fool who's happened to made it in spite, in spite of and because of myself. Mm. You know, I always say that. I've, I've made it where I am in spite of and because of myself. And I walk with that comfort mm. of knowing that sometimes even I can't mess up what God has for me. Right? So when, when, you know, people talk about what I've done, I'm like, man, I've done some things, but a lot of it has been just God's grace that has pushed me forward from me just being obedient. And, um, you know, I don't always get it right. You know, I don't always know what route I'm supposed to take. I definitely don't belong on any pedestals. Those are for statues, not humans, because I'm going to disappoint you. Hello. Okay, hello. That's not right. But I'm just really thankful for sisterhood like yours. Yeah. Thank you, um, it makes... I know I can't ever fail mm. because I have sacred sisterhood. Mm. And that also pushes me forward. Even yeah. when I don't know what's going to come next, even when I'm just like, I don't know if that thing's going to work. Man, I am swaddled by villages of amazing black women, especially who make me bolder every day, who make me understand that the plans for me, whatever they are, are so good. And it's for my good and, because of my good, everybody else is good. Amen. You know, it it's, makes me sleep well at night. Yes. Yeah. And 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 you gonna keep sleeping well because we we still just start. And I just got a new uh, bed that's lit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was peace time, girl. Peace and ease. I said we gonna spend money on this expensive mattress because I gotta get some good sleep. I love it. That's Ooh. that's the theme for the year: peace, ease, glowing up, telling your story. Love you. Thank you so much for being here today, y'all. Make sure you check out thebookacademy.com. All of Lovey's books, all awesomely Lovey. All the things. If you want more of her genius, I'm all and over the interwebs. All over, literally, she's been all over the interwebs. Okay. okay, she ain't new to this. She's true to this. But thank you so much for being here. Y'all subscribe for more episodes of Heal Girl Era right thank here you. to this YouTube channel. And thank you know, I'm going to put the links in the bio, in the captions and all the things, all the ways you can check out. She is that Lovey. girl. Period. Highly exclusive. <laughs> Gia Peppers is that girl. If y'all are watching this and you work for a company, I need you to just go ahead and get Gia to hold down your conference because I've seen her do it a thousand times. The energy is impeccable. She's the one. She's that girl. I'm just saying. She said what she said. And write the check. <laughs> write the if you big don't, check. She's going to drag me. If you don't. That part. She's going to drag me. Correct. So. so I need you to write her a correct check. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it will be worth every dime. And I am endlessly proud of you. Thank you. I love you. Love you. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back next time. See you later.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.